All right, here with Simi Shatu. Simi, long time coming. I don't know if you remember this, but I only started doing this stuff a year ago with you on my iPhone. Remember the little gimbal following you around with the, yeah. So how was, right, let's, let's start with this year. Um, how We're just coming back from Summer League as of like last week or so. How do you feel Summer League went and um, what were the positive, what were the negatives? How did you feel about the Summer League experience? Uh, something went well. Um, I feel like I really showed, you know, what I can do and with the minutes I had, um, you know, uh, we won in two games and I was able to like display my passing and rebounding ability and just like, you know, just make it, being produced, uh, producing and also just being efficient on the floor and everything like that. And also just my defensive, like how much I've grown, I guess, in defense from my rookie year to now because my summer league and my first year, I didn't really play that much. So like, it was just good to, a good opportunity and really uh, get out to the scene. So. What's the summer league sort of vibe like? Because obviously you were working on a bunch of stuff. You want to show the coaches, this is how I play now. Um, what kind of opportunities did you have maybe outside of the games to, like, just take us through the summer league process and what kind of avenues players have to, you know, demonstrate what they're up to? So we, we usually have like a training camp, like, type thing where players come in, I think it's a week before or like a week and a half before and they go to the facility and like wherever team they're at. Yeah. And then we usually, you know, we'll go through like a lot of breakdown stuff, like five on all plays and, um, and then we'll scrimmage, you know, and then that's when everyone kind of really get into the groove, get a look and, you know, one, see where their game's at, but two, just also just like showcase to the coaches and the front office guys, like, you know how good you really are and you know what you can bring to the table but I just feel like it's all about like having a role especially like young guys coming to the league and really finding like your niche or whatever like and what you can really bring to, to the table like instantly and you can do it consistently so like yeah just basically that and then we we flew to Vegas the some teams were there like four days early we went like a day or two early have practice, stuff like that, and then yeah, the games start, and it's basically just all games. We'll get like one or two practices in. Right. Yeah. How nice was it to be able to go through that experience again with the Chicago Bulls? You have experience with the Chicago Bulls, the Windy City Bulls. You get to come back into that ecosystem. How much of a role does that play? Because I don't think maybe people think about it, but you're going back to a situation you might understand. So, how much did that part help you out? Yes. So, I like a good amount of options with teams to go to, but like I just felt like Chicago, I was just very comfortable with them. And obviously, no matter coaching staff and front office, and it was just good to really, you know, be around those people again. And, you know, again, like develop with also the young guys they have now and just like within the young core and just, you know, um, just get better with them. But also just like, it was just good to like, you know, have my G League coach, Damian Cotter, uh, as my head coach for Summer League. And then also my uh, my other coaches. He's with the player development too. He was he coached the last two games, um, so yeah, it was good to have them. You know, familiar. They know my game. They just kind of you know let me. They know what I can do and like, what I'm capable of. So they just kind of let me like be me uh, within the, the opportunity I had. So, so you had a bunch of good highlights uh, of your summer league experience. Like you said, limited minutes, but you made the most of them. Uh, the one that comes to mind though, it's not one of your dunks. You're throwing that oop up. Uh, how about, do you think about 
highlights in summer league do you think about like hey i'm gonna let this guy just go crazy right now or was this kind of the right play right time and what was sort of the the ricochet from from the oop because it, it made the rounds i mean i've always been able to like pass and like you know like i like you know i like it feels good to me when i like you know hit open guy or for like a wide open shot or like have a nice pass to somebody um but yeah like troy troy backs like he's he jumped out the gym so it's like i already knew once i and I knew they were gonna press us a little bit, so once I got to the middle, I kind of just made tried to make the right play. Like I just feel like I played the right way, and I just you know hit the open guy or whatever the right play is. And obviously, I saw him behind the defense; no one's really paying attention, so I just threw it up and made made a because he had a couple of those in practice too, like putbacks and stuff like that. So like I wasn't surprised by him catching that really. So. Right. The the Bulls had a draft pick this year. They're playing with you guys. Ao, I struggle with the last name. Desumu. Desumu. Um, what could you tell Bulls fans right now about one of their upcoming guys? Uh, what was it like playing with him? What's he like in the locker room? Is what were the experiences like? Yeah, so I I've known him since we were like high school because he oh, played really? in the Jordan Brand game with me. We're gonna get to that. Um, <laughs> and then obviously EYBL stuff like that. So like we're very familiar. We scrimmaged. To be, we scrimmaged Illinois actually in college. When I was in college, which yeah. is good. But yeah, no, good player, like very vocal, uh, hard worker. Brings it, comes to bring it every day and like wants to get better, which is the main thing about the NBA and as a pro. Um, and then yeah, he just you know you can tell he loves the game and he wants to be a great player in this league one day. Yeah. So like you're in, you're you're in for a treat. Right. You know? I, I when I, I was obviously I was there with you guys. He, He's a very positive, he looks like a very positive player, like a high energy kind of flies around the court. But you mentioned the Jordan Classic game. We're going to go back to high school now because you had a crazy journey. You had a crazy journey coming up through here. We're in Burlington right now, Corpus Christi alum. You moved here when you were five. You moved here when you were five from the UK. Uh, I also got to do the podcast with your brother. So we got some of your UK experiences. Um, but just starting from the top, high school, when did you start to see, or maybe even before high school, when did you start seeing the momentum around your name and basketball is going from maybe a hobby to legitimately, I can make money off this game, I can be in the league? Well, yeah, I've wanted to be in the NBA since I was like seven, eight years old. But like when I when it really hit me was when I went to the um, Fab Frost, like freshman All-American camp. That was like the first camp I went to in, um, it was in Georgia and I got MVP and I was like, all my like guys that I played in the All American game, like Cam Reddish, all the guys were there. Mm-hmm. So we all grew up together. So when I got that, and then, because at first, like my family weren't like too keen on me going to prep school, because obviously, like, you know, I'm leaving early, mm-hmm. young, far away, whatever. But like after that camp, like all the top schools in the country were calling my house. Like, and I was just, I just finished grade nine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I went, so I went to, so they're just calling me, calling me, and I was, really take, realizing that like, yeah, like I can really do something with this. And then my second year at Corpus, um, I got like seven offers like in the first couple of months. And from like those, like Baylor was there, Kansas State was my first offer, um, Illinois. So they all came to like Corpus Gym to like our practices was like really huge for Canada and like really changing the, the culture and everything like that over there. So like, it was just, once I started seeing that, I was like, at a young age, it was like, yeah, like, this is going to be my job one day, so. So, yeah, you go from pinning all my friends at Nelson when you're playing, when we're playing you at Corpus, to having, you know, high-level uh, colleges and stuff going all the way out here to Burlington to come see you play. 
did you have a time, did you have any time to digest what's going on? Like, hey, like, you know, all this is happening around me. I'm just going to go with the flow. Or did you ever have, you know, some reflection time with your family and friends? Be like, hey, like, this is really, this is going to happen for me. Or it's right there. Or like, is being, being part of, you're, you're in the machine now, right? Because, and it's rare seeing Canadians go through that process. So did you have time to reflect? Or was it like, I got to work all the way through this and maybe we'll think about it later? Uh, a little bit of both. You know, it was good when it happened, but it was like for me, it was just like on to the next. Like I was, you know, obviously like making the pros comes with being a top division one player. So like I knew like I was going to get offers after that. And now it's just about getting better and getting to the right fit and obviously getting as much up, um, choices as possible so mm -hmm. I can make the right decision. But um, yeah, no, like the people I had around me, even my teammates at Corpus, like, they kind of, you know, kept me grounded and, like, you know, we didn't really, like, talk about it like that. Like, obviously, they're happy for me, but, like, they know I'm young and they want me to be the best I could be, so it was more of just, like, continuing to keep pushing and everything else will come by itself. So, like, but, yeah, it was just, it was it was good, though, like, having, like, you know, those uh, opportunities very early because, like, I was just, like, a young kid and, like, with a dream. Like, I didn't, like, my parents didn't expect me to be, doing that stuff that early, which is cool. And then they started to see kind of, okay, like, it's more than just, like, a hobby. And, like, the thing he's going to do in high school, like, it's going to kind of take him through. Right. And incredibly talented Corpus Christi team. You had another player who I don't think we knew at the time, but he made his way through and with the Cavaliers last episode with with Beyond Duke, Cabin Gelly. Um, what sort of... What could you say about that period of time with you and Fee together? You guys did play together for a year. Am I wrong? Well, technically, three. Three years. Okay, so you you guys were teammates for some time, and you guys had, you know, obviously two NBA players on your team against, you know, <laughs> you're out here in Ontario running running crazy. So, um, how was the experience going through that process with someone at a very young age and knowing that maybe both of us could be, end up at the highest level? Well, it's crazy, like because. We went to the same middle school, mm -hmm. and then I, we played together when I was grade six. He was grade eight, mm -hmm. and then he went to Corpus, and then I came to two years later, and then we played grade nine and ten together yeah. when I was in grade nine and ten, which is just cool. And like seeing his growth and seeing how like you know his pathway to get to the yeah. league and stuff like that, and how he just kind of kept his head down and just you know yeah. believed in himself and just kept pushing and working hard, and it was just crazy especially the crazy when we first really sat down and took it in was at the nba combine when we were both roommates right. and we were just in the room we're like yo like this is like really like real like we came from alexander's so you got <laughs> roommates school. in the combine yeah so, uh, nba combine like three years ago so how was the draft experience going through it with with fee then yeah so and we were we had we were in the same agency but like get our pre-draft in the right. same uh state we're in uh phoenix phoenix so like we saw each other at like uh, this lifting spot, which is cool. But like, it was just crazy, you know, to see how like we both, you know, made it out and kind of, you know, got to where we got to, needed to be and where we always wanted to be, and like seeing our dreams unfold. And it's just like, it was just one thing that like we probably won't forget, you know, because we came from literally down the street <laughs> to like, you know, and right now it's just now we're just again just trying to get better and then find our way and establish ourselves, obviously in the NBA. So, when you were coming through the ranks, high school, you mentioned the Jordan game. You're a McDonald's All-American player, five stars across the board, ESPN, 247, everybody. 
you know, Simi's that guy, and then you make your decision to go to Vandy. When you had all the brochures in front of you and all that stuff, um, what what kind of things did you consider before? Because at this point, you have your pick, right? Yeah. Choose choose them. Um, what kind of things did you value when you're looking into a school? Um, for me, it was best fit and where I'm gonna play. And obviously, my parents, you know, they're you know, they're very high on education and you know where I can you know get a degree. And mm-hmm. even if I if I left two years later, I mean after two years, three years, like I was gonna go back or whatever it was, mm-hmm. get my degree. So like just being in a school where like they have that prestigious like yeah. um, recognition. So I was like, yeah. Um, I had, you know, UNC is a good academic school too, you know, so I was just like, well, yeah, like Vandy would just, it stuck out because one, like me and Darius were like pretty cool and close in high school and like, um, you guys games complimenting each other really yeah, well. in high school. So like, and then we, and then he was from Nashville and like he was at, num- at that time he was number one point guard. I was number one power forward. So we're like, yeah, like we want to do something different because I've always like been the type to try to be like a trailblazer, you know, mm-hmm. like and just, you know, go to a school where, like, either people don't expect or go somewhere where I try to build the culture mm-hmm. there and then start something new. So, like, um, yeah, that played a factor. And then just the coaching staff, they really, you know, um, they really showed me that they, you know, obviously want me to succeed and get, uh, achieve my dreams, but also to really win and, you know, be a part of something different and something new, which is good. And Nashville's a great city, you know. And again, like, met great people over there. It was just a great kind of atmosphere. And they also, like, you know, like, the visit was just, like, they you know the highest recruit on campus ever. Mm-hmm. So they made sure, like, everything was, you know. So <laughs> it was, tough. yeah. So it was one of those where, like, I was just, like, pretty much sold on that. And then they also, for me, it was a big thing. It was communication. Like, they would FaceTime me, like, every day. Yeah. Or talk, like, we're texting most of the day, and then I'll get a FaceTime from one of the coaches, like, every day, which mm-hmm. is, like, okay, like, they really do care about me, even though I have all these other schools that also care about me and also talk to me, but, like, it was just something different. It seemed more genuine. Yeah. So, uh, coming from the five stars, all, you know, yeah. all the accolades coming out of high school, um, it, it, are there pressures associated with that that you kind of had to develop and understand, mm-hmm. or... You know, what are some things that people don't really prepare you for when you're that high level? Because you're also this high level coming out of Canada. Mm-hmm. What were some difficulties you faced? How did you cope with stress? You know, like the, the mental side of coming out of high school that highly regarded. Well, for me, like it was different for me because I got injured that some uh, the that my senior year, like mid senior year. So like I was able to kind of like refresh myself. Slash, yeah. like I was just going into it now. I just want to be healthy. Mm-hmm like, going into my first year in college and, like, you know, my freshman season, like, but, like, I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like I was really prepared for it, like, because yeah. I started at a young age, like, at Corpus, the whole TSN stuff and all that stuff like that, like, and then I was, obviously, like, Twitter, also, like, it doesn't really, like, matter, you don't really look at that, like, I try not to look at, like, that stuff, rankings and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because, like, again, like, those are just very temporary things, and the main goal is to get to the NBA, like, Right. And you see guys all the time that aren't ranked to get to the NBA, so. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, it was more just, like, knowing that I need to continue to get better, right. keep my head down. And when I, in high school, for me, it was, like, when I play, is a dude who's ranked higher than me or whatever or has his name, like, I'm, you know, got to prove and 
go at him and show that I'm better. So it was one of those. And then for college, it was just like, there wasn't really pressure. It was just about like being able to obviously be healthy, but also like deliver mm -hmm. what we wanted to do there and yeah. like achieve what we wanted to achieve over there. But yeah, no, there was not really pressure going into it. And a tough season at Vandy, right? Yeah. I think very early on, Darius Garland, um, another NBA level guy, NBA player, um, he gets hurt early on. Uh, you're coming off the injury yourself, and like I said, you guys complement each other really well. Um, when the season started not to go the way you guys had probably planned, um, how did you keep your head up? How did you, how did you keep at it, knowing that this is supposed to be different? Like. <laughs> Me and Darius, we sat down. We talked about like we're going to a program together. We're supposed to run it, up, and now it's not going that way. How do you how do you keep a positive mindset? Did you keep a positive mindset? Did you have any lows during that time? Take us through that. Well, for me, without that time, I really you know um, rediscovered my faith a lot, and I was really just like in prayer and just really, like reading the Bible and everything, and just trying to figure out like you know obviously this is probably like the lowest time, one of the lowest times of my life, and I was trying to think about like how to really get over that hump, but also just like, again, like pressing forward and making making sure that like, you know, this isn't, this is just like a pit stop. This is something that like, it's not gonna be forever. Like, you're not gonna be like, I was a winner all high school. I was a winner, we were winning a lot uh, first half of the season, but you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. But like, I would just, again, just telling myself like, you gotta control what you can control and like everything else will take care of itself slash just like, you can't dwell on like, each game because like right. with the SEC and in college in general, it's just every game is, right. you play every three days, every right four days. Out, right? Yeah, like you'll go from the SEC, you'll play Tennessee one night and then play Kentucky at Rupp the next night. Yeah, and yeah. then you play Ole Miss and then you play Mississippi State. Like it's, and you're, those teams are all ranked that year. So it was like, it was one of those where like, you gotta just continue just to like, one, just get better and like really um, not even take, like take practice seriously, but also just like, it's, it's a, it's a um, quick turnaround and mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you can't dwell in the past and just um, do what you got to do the next game to be better and mm -hmm. help your team win. So, so um, at the end of the season, it didn't go the way you guys had hoped. Um, you're at another crossroads right now in your journey, right? So high school, it's been kind of, I'm not going to say easy, you worked hard, but you, you saw it through, you had options. Yeah. Uh, and then you went to Vermont, we didn't even talk about. Um, but you do well there. You get the office you need to get. But now we're at a, a we're at a pretty critical crossroads here. Do I go back to Vandy for a second year, or do I test the waters? Can you take us through the mindset of how you approach that situation? And because I'm not completely remembering the timeline, but I know Stackhouse enters the equation at some point. When did you know Stackhouse was coming, and it, did that play in, or was it too late? Because I, th I want to say that you declared, I declared before, before Stackhouse, right? So just take us through that moment. Uh, we'll leave Stackhouse, Stackhouse out of it for now. Mm -hmm. But the year at Vanity's done. Is it time to go pro? Is it time to run it back? Well, for me, like, one, I knew I was coming off injury, and I knew that, you know, I was only going to get, like, so much better mm -hmm. in college, and, like, I just feel like for me, I didn't, I, I knew I was ready. Mm -hmm. And, but I also knew like the circumstances I was in, how my stock wasn't as high as it was in the start of the year. Mm -hmm. But I knew that 
with the opportunities in front of me in terms of like workouts and the combine, like I can regain that stock or regain that interest, whatever, and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I declared and stack stack came like a couple weeks later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like I was going into it like I'm the test slash like I know I'm ready, so I'm gonna just you know. I knew I was pretty confident I was gonna get the combine invite, so I knew like okay, going there like every NBA GM front office person's there, and I'm gonna play the five on five, show what I can do, you know. And people had reported on that combine game as being your best game of the season, yeah. vanity considering. Yeah. So you must be you must be riding the wave at yeah. that point too. And I know you got um, from the top of my head. I didn't have to do much research for this because yeah. you're a guy I was following a lot. But uh, I remember the Pistons. They brought you in for a workout, and the Raptors brought you in for a workout. So it must be going well. Yeah, I had, I had like 13 workouts oh, or 12 wow. workouts. But, yeah, like, so after the combine game, like, I was leading score and rebounding the game. Um, you know, I displayed, you know, what I've displayed in high school and then mm-hmm. throughout the year, but, like, in flashes, obviously, in terms of my role, in terms of, like, mm-hmm. uh, situation. So but I showed what I needed to show. Um and then, yeah, I knew, okay, now I got to go ahead in the workouts and continue the momentum, play well in the workouts, do what I can do, you know. Um, and I also knew, like, age was on my side, too. Like, I was mm-hmm. 19. Right. Yeah, like, early 19-year-old kind of injury, too. But, like, you know, did I, showed what I can do in the combine and everything like that. So, like, I just felt like it was best for me to stay in mm-hmm. and, you know, bet on myself slash, like, you know, believe whatever – the path is, because everyone's path is different. Like, you see guys all the time. So, like, whatever my path is, I'm going to get there, right. regardless of if it's this year, next year, or the year after. So it was, like, as after that combine game, I knew, one, I could play at, at that level, and I knew I could be, you know, an NBA player, so I was playing in the league, because I think nine guys from my team got drafted that year. Wow. And I led the, the first game in scoring and rebounding. Or second rebound or whatever, so I was like, okay, like, I, I obviously talked to those guys right still. There. I know those guys. Yeah. I know I'm there, and I'm younger than them too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, like I just, you know, I gotta go through a different path and different situations to get ready to be. But like, I knew I was ready, so it was just about, you know, continue to work hard and get better throughout the draft process and everything like that, and then see what happens from there. So we go through the draft process. It. For whatever reason, it doesn't break your way yeah. when it comes to the draft. Um, I believe it was Memphis that took you on for summer league, yeah. and then you matriculate your way to the to the Windy City Bulls. Yeah. Um, so I hear mixed things about the G. Yeah. So you hear, um, oh, you know, it's like it's bus travel, it's 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 rigorous, it's you know, it's it's tough. Um, but I also hear it's improving a lot. How has your experience uh, with the with that first year of the G, um, is it everything that people say it is? Is it all doom and gloom, or is it all right? I mean, the G's a grind. You, everyone say that. Everyone knows that. Um, for me, it was a crazy kind of roller coaster mm-hmm. that I knew was going to want to mature me a lot that year because I was with guys. I was, like, 19 with guys, like, 25, right. like, you know, kids and stuff like that whatever but like other than that like I didn't I was benched I didn't play the first like five games like at all so I was like I went from playing all the time this is that to like kind of like 
having to stay ready and, you know, again, be a pro. And, like, if I'm not playing, I got to go get extra shots. I got to be shooting after games. I got to be, you know, doing all that stuff. First one in, last one out, stuff like that. So just waiting for my opportunity and, like, knew that, like, the pros is all about opportunity at the end of the day. So, like, once I got that, I got to, you know, take it by storm and do what I need to do. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, that first year in the G with the Windy City Bulls, I think you – had a nice little cap to the season. Is that the thirty twenty game? Yeah. yeah. What's it like? Have, like I'll I'll never have a thirty twenty game at LA Fitness versus versus the eighty year old. So tell me what what kind of mindset was in that game? How how did it feel? I mean, I was the last like seven games that that season. I was just like kind of on a tear. Like mm-hmm. so, I was like every game started getting like the floor just started getting more and more right. space, and like the the basket just looked bigger, and like. I was getting games with like 10 to 15 boards with like 20 and some minutes sometimes. So I was like, yeah, like, and I was already got close to it. I think two times before that we played Westchester that year and I had 29 and 18. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like it's, it's good. Table. It's, it it's can right happen. There. It can happen <laughs> if it just opportunity presents itself. And yeah. like, yeah, I just, I don't know that game. I just came out guns blazing. Like first I scored like, I don't know, eight, 10 straight getting boards and I just kept on just going and like just and then once I, I didn't even look at the scoreboard and then once it my one of my um vets on the the bench was like you know like it's this the game like you're getting that 30 and 20 like like let's go so it was in the air already people were talking about it yeah because I, they, I've they've seen it like yeah potentially happen and like yeah. either I wouldn't get the amount of playing time to right. finish it off or like I just wouldn't I'd be like three or four shy board right. shy or whatever so I was like, he's like, yeah, let's like, you know, like mm-hmm. get your 30 and 20, like, yeah. so whatever. And then, yeah, it just all happened pretty much like out of nowhere. And then, yeah, I, kn- I knew I was capable of it, yeah. but I just needed like the opportunity and like amount of minutes. Right. So it's just like, now it's just like, now it happened. Everything just kind of clicked that game. And it was just, it was great to feel and see. And I just felt like at that point I was like, I knew I was an NBA player mm-hmm. and I knew that like, not my 19 year olds put up 30 and 20 so still I was like, 19 yeah, yeah you, or yeah, early I turned matter, 20 like two used, months yeah. before I keep forgetting it's the first year so. yeah <laughs> two months before so yeah. I was like yeah like I just got to stay at it and I, I didn't know COVID was going to hit so I just mm-hmm. knew that like at some point like NBA team was going to notice that like yeah so I just got to stay at it whatever but then COVID hit so it was just like you know I got a couple more questions I want to ask you I'm just gonna make sure we're all good with the camera setup. obviously yeah. I don't have anyone with us right now so back I, I wanted to go back a little bit and revisit a couple of things yeah. that I think we missed on the, along the way um, primarily you your Wikipedia will say you're UK Niger, half UK half Nigerian yeah. I think you were born in the UK yeah. but you have obviously grown up here yeah. and you have experiences with Team Canada yeah. how were your Team Canada experiences uh, it was great you know I got to play with guys like long-term friends that I'm with now mm-hmm. uh, I'm so cool with now um, and then just a FIBA game, really, I feel like it developed my game to what plays a part into my game now in terms of making the right play and, you know, um, being able to, like, adjust in certain positions and versatility as well. It kind of played a part in that. Um, and then, yeah, just the level of, like, the national uh, national team, like, the, the world level is just crazy. You know, we played um, my first year in Cadet, we played um, – USA in the finals, had a big game there. It was great. That's when I kind of got in the scene, too. Um, and then 
the next year you went to the Worlds. We could we should have went to the finals, but like obviously something didn't go as planned. But yeah. like, you came like fifth or fourth or something. But like it was just good to like really again be at the top top level in the world, seeing mm-hmm. the best players your age in the world, and yeah. being able to you know go at it and you know see who's at the, who's the best and who's at the top. So like it was just it was a great experience, and I was obviously like I was able to play with like Iggy, like yeah. RJ. Um, Danilo, yeah. you know, guys like that, that I'm so cool to this day, so. So you, you go through the uh, junior Canadian team process. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a young boy that you train with, yeah. Nana, yeah. who also got to go through the same stuff as well. What kind of tips and feedbacks did you have for him? And, you know, how, how would you say, you know, mm-hmm. obviously he did well, but like, what, what kind of things did you uh, see out of him? And, you know, what kind of tips did you give him? I just told him, like, in, First of all, going to camp, like training camp, like you just gotta go kill everybody, like on the glass, you know, yeah. show like everyone that you know you deserve to be on the team. Slash, like you're the best power forward there. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, you know Nana is going to Brown, whatever. But like, obviously, people know he's a high major guy. Yeah. So it's like I just knew like you gotta you know show it, even though you're not. It doesn't say it on the. The, what's it called the list whatever but you know you know who you are you know how much work you put in so uh that and then just i just told him just like obviously they had good players who had scores like caleb mm-hmm. houston ryan nemhard and um that that ben kid from uh what's it called i think it's from montreal but like oh yeah yeah, Matt yeah. Like that, yeah. so i was like telling you just, you gotta just find your role and like you probably might not start so like you gotta just come off the bench and like Mm-hmm. be that guy for them like that glue guy energy guy and then play within the system obviously that's all about that's what FIBA really is and play within the system and just play your game and be confident really because like they're a really good team and they already had scored and stuff like that so like he's not going to come in and be right you know and obviously there's NBA scouts and people watching too so they want to obviously see how you fit and whatever and if you can show you can play a role and really do that consistently, like it's, it's gonna take you a long way. So, yeah. And when you're talking about your experiences, you're talking about playing with Iggy. Yeah. You got to play with Iggy again. Yeah. Uh, Post COVID, you guys are in the G League bubble. Yeah. Uh, how was the G League bubble? What was you, you actually got to document some of your experiences with the Westchester Knicks? Yeah. They picked you up and they brought you along for the for the bubble. Yeah. But um, what was what was the bubble like? First of all, was it Disney as well? Or yeah, it, was Disney. it was the same one actually. The other media guys were at, but um. Yeah, it was crazy, like, you know, first of the experience was just, like, we had to quarantine a couple of times, slash, like, we also just, like, we had, like, indoor, we had, like, in-room workouts, where we'd be on, like, Zoom all together, okay. and then we'd, like, be, like, working out, like, doing everything, push-ups, all that stuff, like, that, like, band work and stuff, um, but, yeah, like, the resort was pretty nice, you know, really you know, got those food there. That everything was really provided for us, so it was good. And then obviously it was good for like team chemistry and team bonding because like each team was had like their own floor, so we'd all see each other, mm-hmm. chill outside, whatever it is. But um, it was yeah, it just came full circle with me and Iggy because you know we literally played together since I think grade seven and grade eight. Yeah. And like, you know, we got closer and closer, and he's from Oakville, which is literally like yeah. ten minutes from me. So like. And we always talked about, you know, playing the league and, you know, being, you know, where we are today, but obviously even a better position. But, like, yeah, we just always talked about it. And for it to come our second year and 
for us both to play well and us both to really, you know, be on the same team was just crazy and something that like we won't forget and hopefully we can do again one day. But you know, we'll see. And yeah, so you, you go through the G League bubble with Iggy again. You're playing probably the most consistent I've seen you play in the bubble. Um, again, minutes fluctuate, role fluctuates, but I think you walk out of there 14 and 10. Yeah, 15 and 10. <laughs> okay, so so you're doing your part again. Now, kind of a quasi-crossroads here, because you've done your job twice at this point. We're, yeah. we're getting 30 and 20 at the end of the last season. Yeah. We're doing good this season. Yeah. Is the phone ringing more? Do you, is it looking up? How do you – what was that moment like for you? Um, for me, I, I'm a, my mentality was going to bubble, like, show that you're one of the best players there, show that, you know, you belong and – not even that, like, my rookie was, like, the the second half of my rookie was, like, a fluke, but, like, showed, like, I've won, I've gotten better because NBA is all about improvement and, like, showing you can get better and, you know. And, again, again I'm, I'm 21, so it's, like, I know going there, I'll still be one of the youngest guys. I think Draft Express put something out, and I was, like, top 10, one of the youngest guys there. So, but I was, like, yeah, like, just going in, show what you can do regardless of you start, you don't start, whatever. But, yeah, just in consistency. Yeah, phone is ringing more, like, you know, there's more interest, stuff like that. But, like, there's nothing really concrete. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, like, I was, I knew, for me, I was just, like, I just want to go there with no regrets and, like, mm -hmm. one, do what I'm supposed to do to my job, but also, like, know that, like, internally that, like, you know, I did everything I could mm -hmm. to, you know, showcase what I need to showcase. Because the bubble is more of a showcase than, like, yeah. a season championship type thing, so. So, on your end... It must feel like you've done this three times already. Yeah. You you come out of Vandy, you're winning Player of the Week, you're 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 doing well. The team, yeah, it's not where you want it to be, but you show you show well. Windy City Bulls Part One, end of the season, you show well. Yeah. Bubble, very consistent, great stats, you show well. How do you keep it like it's coming, it's coming, it's like it's gonna happen? Like, it, I'm frustrated talking about it. How do you, how, do you, yeah. how how was it to go through it, or did you even see it like that? Um, for me, like, again, my faith is a big thing, so I just gotta, you know, I just tell myself just to trust God and trust his plan and his journey for me, but also just, like, I can only control what I can control. I can't control what people think about me or look at me as as, as a player, as a person, but, like, again, like, I just gotta, I just tell myself, like, I just gotta keep on showing improvements every year, showing what I can do. And the numbers will speak for themselves. Especially efficiency will speak for itself. Like numbers don't lie. So like, mm -hmm. and again, I'm young too. So I'm not like I knew like it's it's gonna come eventually. Like it has to come, you know. And the I'm only I've only been going in the upper direction since I've got into the league. So it's like now it's just about you know being established and getting the right opportunity, right situation. Because that's what all the league's about, to mm -hmm. be honest. And I just feel like once that happens to me, like everything will take care of itself. So, so I don't, I don't from a lot to ask this question. Yeah. So, <laughs> but at this point, bubble part one, bubble part two, you've proven to at least somebody that you can, yeah. that you can play, you can play at a high level. Yeah. I'm assuming, I, I don't know anything, but I'm assuming at some point you had to turn down a bag to keep going for the league, yeah. or there must have been, a, a, other, yeah, yeah, there must, there must have been so. What's what's a temptation like to say? Well, these people value me right now. The money's there right now, but the league is still here. Yeah. Well, turn on like you know, 
some good some <laughs> good opportunities but like um yeah i know for me i just one i just know i'm an nba player like i can play in the fiba style i can do that i know i can like that's not like and i just feel like for me like i've only gotten better each year and like overseas like has been there for me since i was like 16 like so i just feel like the path i'm taking like obviously is different and obviously mm -hmm. like you know there's a bunch of roller coaster this is that but like i just when i know an nba player and i've played against nba guys in the bubble and g league whatever preseason whatever and i've displayed it mm -hmm. like it's not like it's hidden or anything like that so mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time and also just like you know keeping that peace and just again like getting better and controlling what I can control because I can't control what mm -hmm. a team or a front office thinks about me, you know? Right. So. Actually, it might have been four times that you had, that you must, going back to my previous question about you feel like you've proven yourself a bunch of times, I feel like you've proven yourself as well. But the one part that kicked me in the stomach is just as a friend, is just, um, I believe it was last preseason with the Bulls yeah. uh, against OKC. I think you dropped someone, you crossed someone up. He, he <laughs> fell that game. I think you had maybe like, a dozen points in the fourth, and yeah. you you let it come back. Yeah. You win the game. Yeah. But the roster has to be made that night. Yeah. And I think you're probably what last cut. I think it was between two other guys, and I think they had a contract situation. Yeah. So um, I think my next question based off of this is you had a lot of you're, – you're a man of strong faith, yeah. and you were had your faith tested a bunch. Yeah. Last cut, if it was on the merits, I think you're there. Vandy situation, injuries, wh what point of the process tested your faith the most and what part of the process maybe you've seen the most dividends of having such strong faith? Um, well, one for me, like my high school career was like, you know, very like, it wasn't smooth, but like I did what I was supposed to do and like everything that based on talent, everything that happened that I wanted to happen happened. So it's mm -hmm. like, look I for me it's like I just look what God did for me in the past and like I look what how he finds ways even like if I get put in a situation like where um I play I start for three games and I don't play for two three games or like I my minutes fluctuate mm -hmm. I still somehow either get the you know the numbers efficiency like the stats don't everything is mm -hmm. still there regardless of the situations I be in so it's like and that's all about like trusting him and like just you know knowing his plan is bigger and like I just know my path is something that will inspire, you know, mm -hmm. kids and, you know, people just, you know, one to hopefully bring them to Christ is the main thing, but also just to like, know that like literally anything's possible. You can actually do it regardless of what situation you get put in and regardless of what, like what's around you, what you can't control. Like you just have to just literally just keep going and like, it will just have to come eventually and you figure it out because like, I would say, probably the past two years have probably been the hardest in terms of just like testing my faith because like I always get to like literally like two sets before the finish line and then like something will happen or like there's some sort of like, you know? Okay. So, but it's just like, you can't be getting that close if something is not about to like mm -hmm. come, you know what I mean? So like now it's just about like, I just feel like for me, I just feel like God is gonna is trying to put me in the right situation, the right um, right mindset, mindset, situ right situation, and the right opportunity to actually like you know 
play meaningful minutes and showcase and then establish myself there, then, you know. But, again, I would take any situation because I just know I'll get out of it or whatever somehow, especially from how my career first started in the G, like not really getting an opportunity, not playing for first five games. And, mm-hmm. of course, the game that, you know, gets me on the scene a little bit was in Toronto mm-hmm. when I went, like, 7-7 seven to seven in the field. You know, I had, like, a big dunk at the end. And, like, from that game on, like, everything's kind of took care of itself. So, like, now it's just about, like, you know, again, finding the right opportunity in the right situation. So, yeah. Is it harder to share these moments with – your family and friends when it's so close to exactly what you want it to be, but it's it's just that far off. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, you know, because obviously they see what I've gone through, what I've been through. Um, they, you know, they just they do their best job of supporting me and wanting me to, you know, achieve all my dreams and my goals, whatever. Um, but the thing is, it's just like about, again, they just – instilling me to like you only control what you can control like mm-hmm. you can't like let that really rattle you because it could rattle you to a point where like you go from being like right there to like being a couple steps back and then you have to climb even more now and like mm-hmm. that's a whole other mental battle to go back and forth like so it's like it's just like you just gotta just put your your right foot forward and just like trust god and like let him kind of figure it out for you and like obviously again take care of your business on the court so you know mm-hmm. that you did everything you can and like you did, there's no regrets for you because like once I, I feel like once you get that that's when you get the level of peace mm-hmm. rather than like you knew you could have done more in the court and like had this many points or this many yeah. whatever and like maybe they'll notice me more but like if you do what you're supposed to do an opportunity then it just it will take care of itself for you because you don't have to like worry about oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, and, like, beat yourself up on it. Obviously, like, I'm very hard on myself, and, like, I, you know, hold myself to a high standard, but, like, I just don't, you can't really beat yourself up because, like, every, again, quick turnaround, like, every game, and every game matters because, you, again, you're showcasing for every team, so. I think in a twisted way, in an end-around way, yeah. I think the win's going to feel better yeah. having gone what you've gone through, and yeah. I, I know it's coming, but before I let you go, the world doesn't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. I don't know if you know where you're going for next season. But for whatever team comes back and watches this after you have decided, what have you worked on this summer? What can they expect from you as a player? And what goals do you have for yourself? Um, well, for me, I just know my game isn't perfect. And I know that, you know, you got to work on everything. Like, the greats work on everything. They don't just work on one separate part. But, um, I emphasized my shot, uh, free throws, um, but yeah, just shooting and then just keep my ball handling polished and, mm-hmm. you know, touch on the rim, obviously. But yeah, those I guess those were things I really emphasized, but like, again, just my shooting too, because I know once that becomes like really consistent, then like that'll take my game to a whole new level where like, you know, I kind of whatever I want in the court because mm-hmm. guys got to close out on me and. I can pass and, you know, make plays and stuff like that. And then what was the other question you said? Yeah, just what kind of goals do you have for oh, yourself? Yeah. Then, oh, yeah, and me as a player, you said. Um, right now I know I can bring, like, um, high energy, rebounding, like, at a high level. I'm efficient. Um, 
I can come in, you know, run the floor and then make plays for others, care for others. And I think I can defend like one to five, two to five. I can switch on balls. I can guard guards. I can guard wings. I can guard bigs. And yeah, just bring energy and kind of like, I feel like I'm a game changer in terms of like, you know, my presence is felt when I get on the court mm -hmm. and I can help win games. Um, and then you said my goals. Yeah. Uh, what, what goal do you have for yourself next season regardless of where you're playing? Um, just to continue to pick up, like to continue to keep the momentum, um, show improvements, but also again, showcase that I can play a role because no one's gonna sign me to come in and be a scorer for you guys or sign me to be, you know, the top three, four guy on the team. Like, obviously you gotta work your way up, but like, yeah, just my goal is just to continue momentum and get better um, on and off the court. Um, and then just, yeah, like basically just showing like, yeah. um, like all the things that I can do, right. and, like, and just being consistent. Like right. that's really it. Yeah. So I'm about to let you go, Sammy, but I have to. I have to know. What is Teo's record against you one on one on the driveway? Because I think he's letting this on. It's closer than it might be. Um, <laughs> nah. I started. I don't know, I started beating one once when I was like thirteen, like twelve, thirteen. He he, he could actually tell you that. Like he knows, but like it's been a while since we did the podcast with him. But I yeah. feel like he gave the vibe. It was a lot closer than mm, it might have been. No. Like when <laughs> when I was like from like nine to like twelve, obviously he was stronger, bigger, and like mm -hmm. you know, it was easier for him. But like once I got to yeah, like thirteen, fourteen, like there was no. I don't remember the last time he beat me. <laughs> I really don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I dunked on him, actually. Like, he came back from, like, his first year at X, and we're at LA Fitness, and I dunked on him. Like, kind of, like, you know. How do you go back home after you dunked on your older brother? I mean, yeah. That, what was the car ride ride? That's his decision. I don't know. He, <laughs> he, had, he had to go back at <laughs> some point. So, yeah. No, LA Fitness was different when you guys were there. Oh, yeah. Simi, I think the win's coming soon. I appreciate your time. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. We're all watching. We're all looking forward to seeing what you do, and we're all rooting for you, man. I right, appreciate your time, bro.